0: We're continuing in, in James chapter two, and who's brought their swords with them? <laughs> so the rest, so the rest of you are like kung fu fighters, jiu-jitsu and taekwondo. Please, we really encourage you to bring your Bibles so that you can really engage into the Word of God. Uh, we're in James chapter two, and we're in a we're in a, sex, a section of James where. Um, it can get a little tricky or a little misunderstanding with what James is trying to say in these last verses in chapter 2. Um, sometimes folks think it's a contradiction with what Paul was saying in the book of Romans. Um, and what I mean by that, in James chapter 2, starting at verse 14, it's really, James is talking about faith and action. He's talking about, uh, you know, not just... Claiming to have faith, but really acting out your faith. Um, and there are some verses where James would accredit works to being justified, and he's not contrary I just want to say this at the beginning so that everything is clear in your minds. If you have this thought of, "Ooh, this is confusing," but Paul said this, and James is saying this. Are they saying two things? And are there a contradiction in the Bible? Uh, but there isn't. So I just want to just clear this out uh, from the beginning. Uh, Paul talks about justification through faith alone that we receive through Jesus Christ. Of course, when he, was, when he died, buried, rose again, that's how we, re- we receive justification. Uh, and, and Paul was addressing at that time the legalistic view of people thinking that, hey, I can obtain salvation by my good works. You know, the more good works I do, I can obtain salvation through that. I can get to God by being good. And Paul was saying, like, no way. The only way that we are justified before God is through faith and trust in him. And really what James is saying is really just complementing what Paul was communicating to these people, saying that if you do have true faith, then true faith will produce in you good works. So it ties in together. So let's look at verse 14. It says, what use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? Now we understand again, um, just paralleling back to Paul, when Paul says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and all the Awana uh, people you're probably know that verse, for by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourself, for it is a gift of God, um, and not of works. At least any man should boast. And so what Paul is saying that, you know, we get our justification through faith so that we don't have this prideful, Mindset that, oh, I got to God by myself. Oh, I got to God through my efforts. I got to God by having all A's. I got to God by uh, pleasing my parents and pleasing my teachers and pleasing my friends. Um, and that's what true faith eliminates our prideful efforts of thinking that, hey, we got to God through ourselves. Um, but here, Paul now, here, James is saying, if we, if we claim to say we have faith, but our actions is not validating that this this claim that we're making, then something's wrong, right? That, that, that can't be true faith. Um, so James said, "You can't we can't claim to have faith and with no fruit to validate that our true faith." And just think of a farmer. Think of a farmer. He goes out to his field, twenty acres. He plants. You know, he plants orange seeds, because he's hoping to have an orange grove. And then in the morning, he wakes up, and he's just so excited. He calls, he says, Myrtle! Um, You can't believe, you just can't believe what I've just discovered. You know, he's just happy. You know, you know those, like, 20 acres of orange seeds I plant, you know, just hoping for us to have our orange grove, and and just, you know, the 10 cases of uh, bottles that we ordered with uh, myrtles and... Joe's orange juice. Um, guess what? We have apples. Isn't that just wonderful, Myrtle? We got apples. You know, like we planted oranges, but we have apples. Like, of course not, right? He wouldn't be, he wouldn't be excited about that. Or he, wake, or he wakes up one morning and he says, Myrtle! He says, guess what? Guess what we got? And she's like, what, 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 what Joe? You know the 20 acres of orange um, seeds that we plant over half have our orange grove? Guess what? We have, like, no oranges. None early vacation. You know what I mean? Of course not. Of course he's not. Of course the farmer's not going to be excited about planting orange, hoping to get oranges, planting orange seeds, and not getting anything at all. So our faith, we can't just claim to have faith. We can't just claim to have this casual acceptance. And this is James getting at. We can't just have this casual head knowledge of what faith is this casual acceptance of Christian values and Christian morals you know Christian values Christian morals of yes no sex before marriage no I shouldn't steal no I shouldn't kill Um, you know stuff like that yes you know I should love one another but it's all here but it's not here and that's what Paul is getting at if it's here then we're not gonna be stimulated by any supernatural conviction to do good works for God's glory again, not for us because it's all here. But until it comes here to our heart then we're going to be able to to have that stimulation to do good works for God. And it's going to be out of a genuine faith, not a head knowledge faith. So how many times, like how many times have you passed, you know, teens in your school, teens at church, where, wherever it may be, it may be a birthday party, and there's that, just w- weird-looking teen, you know, who just, right? You you start to smile. So you so you you know what I'm talking about just that person that just stands out, you know, you know them a mile away. They just look strange, right? Hairstyles different, they dress differently, they smell different. <laughs> unique, right? And you know, you see them, you know them, you know who I'm talking about. I mean, I've known people like this in my my years in school and stuff like that, but you just pass them by. Right? I mean, you you even don't even say like good morning, hi, what's up, finger, you know, you don't do hey, what you know what I mean? You just that slay man by the finger, like not the other. All right? So, um that's, that's, I know exactly, <laughs> Brother Michelot say you get the finger, no, no, right. um, no, like how how many times do we pass these people that are just strange to us uh, and we 're claiming that we have this faith we 're claiming that we have this supernatural uh, uh, belief in God that should really stirring us, are hard to reach out to people are hard to. Extend that same love, you know, that same love that, uh, that Pastor Terrence uh, covered in, in, in our first, first, first John, second John uh, series, right? How are we going to be able to really extend that same love to those kinds of people if, if we don't allow the true, genuine faith in us to produce good works, to take it from here and to bring it down here? so that we can extend it out to, to those who, who need it. Freddie Arnett, most of you older folks would know who Freddie Arnett is. Freddie Arnett is the second son of Pastor Fred and Helen Arnett. In Sunday class a couple years ago, um, he, said, he said Christianity is not simply a religion, it's a way of life, it's a lifestyle. And that's what James is trying to communicate to us today the CMS that she was trying to communicate to the Christians of that day. Let's look at verse 15, 15 through 15 through 17 and this is really what James was talking about as far as removing it from from here just a simple head knowledge, a simple intellectual acceptance of what faith is and a simple elect- an intellectual acceptance of Christian values to genuine produce, Genuine faith that produced good works. And, and by that he gave like this, uh, this example that seems far out there. And, we, and this example, this example, we're gonna be like, no, we don't do that. You know, because it seems so harsh, it seems so out there. But essentially, faith, genuine faith, but no good works, will result in this response that he communicates here. Uh, in verse 15 through 16 and he says if a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food and one of you says to them says to them go in peace be warm and be filled and, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body what use is that even so faith if it has no works is dead being by itself so you can imagine someone coming to your door, or someone you know, one of your classmates, Right? they come to school, they have no lunch, uh, you know, they have, they have no money to, to buy any food at school, and they're coming to you and they're like, they're like, Michael, you know what, I, I forgot my food, I don't have any money, can you help me out? And you're like, you know what, Jesus love you, you know, go in peace, you'll be all right. <laughs> you know, and you know, God be with you, you know, like, what, what, this is what James is saying, like, it seems, it seems so ridiculous, right, it seems so, so far out there, but this is what James is saying, he's saying, like, that's what you, that's what you're doing, that's what your lifestyle, this is your representation of your quote-unquote faith that has no works, your empty faith that has no works, your empty faith that's producing no good works. What is this faith that you're claiming? Is this like a hocus-pocus faith? Is this an abracadabra faith, you know? It can't be a faith from God Almighty. Because a faith from God Almighty would not say, go in peace, be warm, and be filled. It would not say, Jesus love you, God be with you, it's all right. Hope you find some food, you know. Jesus love you. How many times do we mar the name of Christ through our lack of display of the love that he has extended to us? And we now have the awesome privilege of extending that same love to those who are in need. Verse 18, and this is what James, James has this, you know, he creates this conversation. He says, but someone may say, you have faith and I have works, Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And really, and so what, so what James is saying, like, you know, your faith is empty. This hocus-pocus, abracadabra faith that you have or holding on to you is empty without no works. But I'm going to show you my faith by my works. So he's not saying... You know, I'm justified by my works. You know, I'm justified by my faith. And as a product of this genuine faith, you're going to see my works. And then, verse 19, uh, you know, he is taking a stab at the devout Jews, where he says, because, you know, the Jews, they had this devout Jews, you know, all believe in the... um, I believe it was the, the Shema Creed uh, when it's something like, "Oh, are Israel, the Lord, our God, the God is one." So they had this monotheistic belief, and so he, and so in verse 19, this is what he is referring to when he says, "You believe that God is one," and he's like, "Okay, good. You got this intellectual acceptance. You got this, you know, casual acceptance of, of you know, Christianity, um, Christian principles. Okay, good. You do well," he says the demons also believe and shudder. So so he's saying, hey, you know, the demons know God. The demons know who Jesus is. But there's no relationship. There's no relationship. There's no relationship with them and God and them and Jesus. They don't have a love for God. They don't have a love for Jesus. But they know who he is. So with you coming with this Head, knowledge, faith, no actions, dead faith. He's really comparing them to, hey, you know what? You're, you're in the same category of these, these demons who, yeah, they, they know who God is and they know who Jesus is. But it has no impact on their life. Remember, you know, it's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It's not just some ideal that you hold on to. The difference between a genuine believer and a non-believer is their wholehearted love for God. And that's how you distinguish someone who is just claiming to love God and knows God and someone who really does. The hocus-pocus, abracadabra faith and the true, genuine faith in God. Verse 20, uh, Sri Long it says, But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless? So now James is, now this is the second time that James, that James has made reference to a lack of, I should not say a lack of, well yeah, made reference to how your faith, your non-producing good works faith is just, it's, it's worthless. Verse 17 he says dead, and here in verse 20 he says that faith, that faith that you're claiming, whatever that faith may be, without works is useless. Genuine faith. Our genuine faith should be the, 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 the catalyst that stimulates our good works. It should be the driving force behind what we do. It shouldn't be, I'm going to reach out to Corey or I'm going to reach out um, to Demi because I wanted to make me feel good. I want to look good in front of my prayers. I want to look good in front of my parents. I want to look good in front of my teachers. I want to look good in front of Pastor Chance or Oh my youth leaders, you know, or I want to look good in front of my employer. It's it's not driven by that. That's a self-centered work, self-justifying work that's empty and that's not gonna lead to anywhere. Then the last four or five verses, James used two old testament characters of two far different backgrounds, you know? I mean, it's just night and day, you know? Um, but what's so awesome, the, the real cool thing about it is that even though like these two characters are just so far apart um, uh, in any sort of similarity uh, as far as what they did in their character and their personalities, uh, but the thing about it was just how they allowed in certain different situations, how their actions were stimulated by their faith and their belief in God, by their belief in the faith. action. I'm saying this because it's a different scenario, and I'll just read the verses so you can understand that. Um, The first one is Abraham in verse 21, where James James uses Abraham as his first example, and he says verse 21 uh, through 23, says, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected or completed. Verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, and Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see in verse 21, where James said, was not Abraham my father justified by works? And it's like, Oh, wait, hey, here we have to justify by works thing again. You know, it's like, there's that little gray area thing happening again, right? But we covered that in the beginning. Abraham was justified by his belief and trust in God. His works was the validation of that faith that he had in God. So Abraham wasn't justified by his works, but his works complemented his faith in God. It was a result of his genuine faith in God. And this, and, this, and this is how we know that James is not just saying something off the top of his head, and, you know, and he's completely... Um, communicating heresy of some forth. Because if you look closely in verse 22, you can see where James is fully aware that it is genuine faith that produced good works. And that's what he says. So you see that faith was working with his works. And as a result of the works, faith was perfected. So I believe Jesus, James is saying, you know, our works is justifiable through our genuine faith in God. And that just completes our whole justification. Like, you, I can't say I have faith in God. I'm not going to reach out to Greg. I'm like, ah, I don't love Greg. I'm not going to help Greg. Too bad for him. If he needs, you know, he's on the side of the street. He's like, hey, Mitch. I'm like, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'll see you on Friday. You know, shoot some basketball on a Friday. I don't have time for you now, right? No, that. Seriously, make it personal. You know, how many times do we claim to have faith? How many times do we claim to be Christians? We claim to be disciples and followers of Christ, but yet our actions is completely different, night and day. I know, personally, I've done it a whole lot. Like there's one. There was, uh, I think I was in 11th grade or 12th grade. Um, this is one of the times I fell through the ceiling. I was working on tops. I had so many accidents when I was working at these hardware stores. It was just so funny. Well, I'll, I'll show start so really quick. Well, I was working on tops. I was working in the paint department. We ran out of price sticker things. Price gun, price gun sticker rolls, right? So... So I went upstairs, anyway, went upstairs, looking for rolls. I found the rolls, one dropped on the tile. Of course I knew you can't walk on a tile, but there's like, you know, like 2 by 4 beams, wooden beams that, that you can walk on. And so I'm walking on, I'm like, why didn't I just leave a single roll? <laughs> you know, but no, mister, I gotta get every tape roll. But anyway, so I'm walking on the beams, and, and I see roll, and it's like I see myself falling through the tile. Before I did, it was crazy. It was like this flash of, you know, and within seconds, I'm falling through the tile, through the ceiling, and I'm hanging on to the wall. So, so I'm like, I'm like this, right? And I look, and I see the, and this is before like tops of the fortunate fire and all that stuff. So I look over, and I see, uh, I see uh, Brother Collins because he was the general monitor there or something like that and everyone's like staring at me (laughs) and I'm like I'm not coming down (laughs) you know because I'm embarrassed by this point because the tv's on and everyone turned away from the tv and looking in my direction I'm like great (laughs) and um and I just like how did he get up there you know it's just but anyway I remember I remember being there and this guy did something, I don't know. You know, I have a short temper thing and I'll share some other stories on that some other times. But this guy, something he did and, and accidentally cut me with a box cutter thing. And it wasn't like a big old thing, it was just like a cut, you know? And then I just lost it. You know, I was like, man, you fool, you this. I mean, I even think I cursed him out, you know what I mean? And And before this, he knew that you know that I was a Christian because there are certain things that he wanted to do, and I was like, "No, I can't do that because of my faith." And you know, and and, and right after I, d- I reacted that way, he's like, "Aren't you the same when I said you're a Christian?" So this is this, so this is how so this is how Christians this is how Christians react, and it hit me it hit home so hard. And it's like, man, I just blew it right there. I just blew my testimony right there, just lashing out in my flesh. So it's so important that our works. Our good works, our actions that we do uh, isn't a good reflection of our faith. Um, as, I, as I close, in verse 26, in verse 25 it gives the account of Rahab. It says, in, in the same way, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she reckoned the messengers and sent them out by another way? And really, Rahab saw what God was doing with his people. She saw how their faith was so rooted uh, in their belief in their God. And, and, and by that, it was that, that faith that she had was the catalyst, the stimulant that made her, you know what, hit these people in her house. So we see genuine faith. If we have genuine faith, it will produce in us good works. It should produce in us good works. Verse 26, it says, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. Verse 26 says, For just as the body, try try and wrap your minds around us, try and wrap your imagination around us. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works, is dead. Let us not be like the barren orange tree on the farm. The guys in front. Let us not be like that tree, 20 acres of field, and there is no fruit. James said in verse 17, faith that produces no good works is dead. verse 20 says it's useless and then in verse 22 in comparison to the genuine faith that Abraham had which was perfected completed through the exercising of his works it will be incomplete if our faith is not producing good works in us so we're dead useless and incomplete but there's hope There's hope today that for you, who do have genuine faith, to to now realize that, hey, I can't be keeping this faith to myself. I can't be keeping this treasure to myself. It's not a self-centered thing. Our faith ultimately is to bring glory to God through our actions. And that's why I wrote on the board, true faith transforms our minds, thoughts, and our conduct. Our faith should be active and potent. And, and truly, the works that we do, the good works that we do, the works that are centered on Christ, they're not centered on us, they're not centered on Mishlo and how good Mishlo is going to feel or how people are going to look at Mishlo and be like, oh, Mishlo is such a good guy. No. The works that we do should be the outpouring of our faith, our genuine faith in Christ Jesus, our Lord and King. That should cause us to produce good works. It's a natural thing. It should be natural. We have genuine faith good works are going to be the product, the fruit of our faith in Christ. Let's pray. Father Lord, I thank you for, I thank you Lord that you saw us and you saw us in a state that was yucky and and ill and and you saw that we were on a path to death, but you reached out to us and you extended your grace and your love to us, and you brought us back to you as we place faith and trust in you. Um, I just pray that we would heed the words of the prophet that brought your message, that uh, no, any sort of righteous deeds that we try to do is consider us filthy rags before you. Um. I pray, Lord, that our good works we do um, would not be out of a intellectual head knowledge thing, but it will be from our hearts and it will be out of a genuine faith and belief in you. And I pray that those works would be a testimony to all those who see us, uh, that they may know that uh, we are your disciples, that we are your believers, that we are your followers. So help us, Lord, empower us to do your good work to bring glory and honor to you. And it's in your name we pray, amen.